Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are back here on the Lombardi Line, Wednesday edition of the program, coming to you from coast to coast as always. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, he's out there on the East Coast in Jersey. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And for the inquiring minds who on Twitter were saying that they did not see an eye twitch, we're lucky we just haven't had any Zoom today. I'm, I'm telling you, Michael, I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I just shouldn't be drinking a venti-sized coffee every day, but I can't stop. I can't stop. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. I mean, you know, you enjoy them, and you know, now you got you're gonna get your pumpkin spice in there. You got, you know, you got all that stuff that happens at Starbucks. And there's nothing like the fall. I walked into this the, the grocery store over here, and you know those spice wafer ch- cookies that only come out at at Thanksgiving. I mean, Ooh, around yeah. the fall. And they put them right there in front of you. Like, you you have to buy these. No, I don't, but I want to. You know, I just got to keep walking. It's hard being a fat guy. Well, and I have a fat... First of all, you're not one. I have a fat guy that lives inside me. My dad tells me all the time. I love me a pumpkin chocolate chip cookie and whenever i see those at the store that is like beeline right there but the fall does it has all those great pumpkin flavored things i've actually transitioned in the coffee department from the pumpkin cream cold brew to the apple crisp espresso thing they got going on highly recommend but um for anybody who doesn't care about my coffee things we can move on to the nfl now as we kick off things here on both vsin and DraftKings network thanks everybody for joining us we talked a, a good bit in hour one of the program michael about aaron Rodgers and what's next to come for the new york jets and robert sala saying at his press conference both post game from monday night football and yesterday that zach wilson is the guy that they're going to move forward with here um tim boyle the only other quarterback in the the on the roster right now on the team so they're gonna have to go out and get somebody it's just a matter of who and I'm gonna put my foot down right now and Mm -hmm. if this clip comes back and haunts me so be it because there is no way in hell in my brain this is gonna happen and I just want to put this PSA out to the world that people need to stop saying that Tom Brady is going to come stop saying that it's gonna be uh Andrew Luck's gonna come out of retirement or you're gonna have Philip Rivers or Cam Newton or like it's Colin Kaepernick. Let's just stop with these names that are repeatedly coming up in the cycle. It's like watching if I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Mean Girls, Michael, but there's a big theme of that movie where this girl is trying to start a new like catchphrase word saying fetch. Fetch is never going to happen is a thing in the movie. Like these quarterbacks are never going to happen. Let's stop rinsing and repeating this cycle of these names. Exactly. Or, you know, I just saw online Gronk's going to come back and play. There you go. Right. You know, like, (laughs) stop. He's retired, you know. And so I think that's, you know, look, Brady's not going to come back and play. I mean, I'm shocked we haven't had Philip Rivers sighting, you know. When's he coming back? He's busy coaching high school football. Leave leave the man alone. Just let him live his life now. Uh, But a lot of these names, it just it is bothersome to me that. 
it's not a real topic of conversation, and I don't know why we have to keep coming at it from that angle. A, a name I know you suggested yesterday that I thought was interesting was Blake Bortles because he does have a previous relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. There are some reasonable names that could be brought in here, but but people for some reason aren't bringing them up as much as the the big names like Tom Brady's coming back when he's clearly not. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And so it's time to move on. And so as the leader of the organization, you got to tell everybody that. you got to say, look, we're moving on, and we have complete confidence in Zach Wilson. We're going to go forward with him. And, you know, we are a team sport. And we saw on, on Monday night that special teams make a difference. Defense can make a difference. And as long as we play our game, and that's going to be the real challenge is – how do you redefine the offense with Zach Wilson? Mm -hmm. What is the offense with Zach Wilson? That's Nathaniel Hackett's challenge. He's got to be able to do that. And he's limited with his offensive line because we knew it was a problem, but it will become a heightened problem now behind with Zach Wilson, who has got to protect himself. But th there's some real liabilities in the starting five that they have there and now has to get back to preparing himself as if he is a starter. I know Aaron Rodgers is is still going to be around, so his leadership and some of those other intangible qualities will still be in the building to help Zach Wilson, but obviously a very different thing than him having the opportunity to learn and watch behind him. In the action on Monday Night Football, Zach Wilson, 14 of 21, 140 yards, one touchdown, one interception. We talked about it earlier as well, but now, you know, see what you can do to lean on the run game and Brees Hall, but obviously team defenses are going to know that they're going to have to game plan for the run game, um, rely on your stout defense as much as possible. But then, of course, they had a really good defense last year and they weren't able to have success there in the back end of the season. And no time now to reset or to, uh, not to reset, to rest or to hang your head either having to take on the Cowboys in Jerry World as a line that has now gotten all the way up to nine in a low total game of 39, Michael. Yeah, I mean, we all expect it to be low scoring because the Jets defense will keep, and that's, see, here's the thing, it, which is interesting. It's a nine and a half point spread on a 39 total. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, That's a pretty low scoring. And look, I, I'm not going to say the Giants... The, the, the Cowboys defense is not something you couldn't move the football on, right? You can move the ball on them. So um, I think nine and a half is a lot of points, especially when you have a really good defense and your kicking game's good. Now, I don't trust the kicker as much, but, you you know, I don't trust Zerline, but he, there is some instances where you could make the case with field position if they can get Dak to turn it over. You can easily make the case that the, the, the Jets can be in this game and win it because they match up to them. And the other factors, too, is how healthy are the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the key. Is Tyler Smith going to play this week? They got by it last week. Are they going to get by it again this week? Big spread and a low total game, to your point, maybe a little overreaction for both of these teams, given what Dallas was able to do against the Giants and the Jets losing their star quarterback. And by the way, after the injury to Aaron Rodgers did happen, David Bakhtiari and a number of other players very quick on Twitter to recognize the turf uh, slamming the NFL. Bakhtiari did. Congrats at NFL. How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf? You care more about soccer players than us. You plan to remove all official turf for the World Cup coming up so clearly it's feasible i'm sick of this do better the nflpa was quick to respond as well executive director lloyd howell saying as it pertains to the nfl field services moving all stadium fields to high quality natural grass surfaces is the easiest decision the nfl can make the players overwhelmingly prefer it and the date is clear that grass is simply safer than artificial data is clear excuse me that grass is simply safer than artificial turf it's an issue that's been near the top of the players list during my team visits and one i have raised with the NFL. So a continued fight to play exclusively on real gra grass surfaces, Michael. But is that realistic given the amount of money that these venues make for the things that they do in those stadiums outside of football? Yeah, I, I, it's hard because the mechanism at, at, at Allegiant Stadium is to bring the grass in and take the grass out. They have it built within the stadium. Same thing in, in Arizona. They can bring the grass in and bring it back out. But some of these older stadiums, they don't have that ability. So if you want to use the stadium as a moneymaker, and if the stadium is, you know, the stadiums are part shared revenue, like between the Jets and the Giants and the city, and you want to have concerts and all that where the city makes money as well as the owners do, it's hard to have anything in there that does it. Now, at the Patriot Stadium, if they want to have a tractor pool, they bring all the dirt in, they do that, but it's two weeks, you know, and, and you just can't do that overnight. 
you have to have a place where you can bring the grass because it won't the sod won't right. lay. It, it really becomes a problem. It's a mechanical issue. I agree with the players completely. We want to play the game on grass all the time. However, that being said, it, it, how do you do it? I mean, it, it's an idea, but how do we implement the idea? How do we make this work? And, you know, in Green Bay, they make it work because they have grass. They don't have concerts mm-hmm. at, at Lambeau Field. Yeah, They're a publicly a, run not company. As, and not as know? many people are, you know, making the trip to Wisconsin for a Taylor Swift concert as they are at MetLife Stadium. It's a little bit of a different right. place. But it's interesting that so many of them have, have continued to come back on MetLife. Like, I think I remember the 49ers. Didn't they have guys going down like flies in that stadium for a game? Mm-hmm. Like five players there. So that building specifically has had a lot of these issues that have been raised. Yeah, and everybody complains about it. And I think something needs to be done. And I think when you look at, like, like Green Bay is a grass field, but they have elements of, like, one, I asked somebody the other day, why do people slip so much on their mm-hmm. on their grass field? Is because there is elements of turf within that grass, right? Because it, the roots, the way they go down, they get slippery, all those things. So I think, to me, that's kind of what you need for all the stadiums. But I don't know how we implement that, Stormy. I think it's really hard. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a challenging one. That's, and that's field, again, that's where Nick Bosa tore his ACL, I think, if I'm, like, looking back on some of those things. But I also want to acknowledge, too, that it's not turf that's the root cause of all of these injuries either. At the end of the day, like, some of these players, like the Aaron Rodgers incident specifically, is because you got a big guy falling on top of you. At the end of the day, this is still like a very gladiator-esque sport that we have here in America. And like big people are hitting big people. Injuries are going to happen. All the time. I mean, that's part of our sport. That's why when they ask us to do the preseason prediction of who's going to the Super Bowl, you know, you can laugh at your prediction when it doesn't come true. But a lot of it has to do with the injuries. You know, look at the Eagles. They're going to go to the game tomorrow night. They got, you know, the starting running back. You know, they have defensive, they're starting free safety. They've already lost their linebacker. I mean, you start to add up these. In, last year, they went through the season, nothing bothered them. But it, it, it's, it, it, it's difficult, yeah. you know, and one injury here, two injuries there really make it hard. Yeah, that's that's one of the things, too, because I remember um, last week before the season officially started, we were kind of going through our awards list. And I when I made Jalen Hurts my MVP pick for this year, I said, like, one of the things that really I have hesitation about is that this was a team that was so healthy last year. Is that something that's going to be replicable, replicable again here in 2023? And then right out the gate after week one, you already see uh, Nicobe Dean on injured reserve and a number of players dealing with injury issues that are going to hold him out this weekend potentially beyond so uh certainly a lot of things to keep an eye on there with the eagles who fun fact are a part of your top five teams in the nfl still after week one despite what was a pretty lucky win i think we all would agree against the new england patriots we'll get to michael's top five teams as well as bottom five teams this hour it's also why not wednesday so which underdogs could be worth a play and make you say why not later on in the show If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonner and Tony with you as we welcome you back to this Wednesday edition of the Lombardi line and it's time for Lombardi's list over the next half an hour we are going to go through Michael Lombardi's top five teams in the NFL as well as his bottom five teams in the NFL and see if that can help us shape some opinions of how to wager on these teams moving forward Michael do you have a specific system that you go through um, to yeah. to rank these teams how do you how do you get where you get on these numbers well, part of it is numerical numbers, which makes my ratings in the month of at least for the first three weeks a little bit, you know, you're not quite sure about them and you're a little bit uncomfortable uh, because the numerical data hasn't really, you don't have enough sample size. Mm -hmm. But once we get into the regular season, you know, then I have, then I do have a sample size and I, I'm able to use what I see in terms of evaluating coaches, the coordinators, Evaluating the quarterbacks by myself, I don't I don't use QBR or any other advanced metric to do the quarterbacks. I do them myself, just like I do the coaching staffs every week, and the coaching matchups. I don't do home field advantage. I do the coaching matchups against one another, which is why I I'm in tune to the Giants and the Arizona game because to me that there that's more important to break down than it is to see who has home field. Right, mm -hmm. Tennessee Chargers more important to watch the game last year than to give a point to Tennessee for playing at home. So I, I always handicap that, the coaching matchups. And then I have my game, what I call game codes, which are the teams that rank in the top top seven areas, the bottom seven areas. They get a green dot, they get a red dot, and then how that matches up. So how your team matches up against somebody else. But the power rankings early are by numerical and by feel. So last week, obviously, you know, the good teams are going to be higher in the power rankings. Well, that's that's interesting point, though, that also by feel, because you could the numbers could tell you one thing. And granted, when you get through some of those middle tier teams, it's probably a little bit more fine tuning as you go through them. But specifically, as you are doing this, that you can say, hey, my number in this spot maybe feels a little bit off to what I actually saw on the eye test and you can adjust accordingly. Let's start going right. through this top five and we'll work our way through from five all the way up to one. Who is your number five team in the NFL right now? Well, I think Jackson, I have Jacksonville number five, but what I liked about Jacksonville last week is I think we don't pay enough attention to fourth quarter results, fourth quarter offense, fourth quarter defense. It's where the game is won. And the fourth quarter for Jacksonville last week was their best quarter. They kind of messed around a little bit. They, get, they let the team come back in there, and they were able to win the fourth quarter. They scored 14 points. So I'm always looking at what, what it is, fourth quarter offense, fourth quarter defense. 
And I think that's really important. And so when you do that, you kind of understand like Jacksonville's able to control the ball. They were sixth in time possession in the fourth quarter last week. They did a great job. Rams, how did they win that game? They had 83% of the, of the time of possession in the fourth quarter. Hard to get beat. It's hard to get beat mm-hmm. when you control the ball in the fourth quarter, especially if you have the lead. So, you know, like where for like the Raiders, for example, you know, they had the ball 50% of the time in the fourth quarter, but they, they controlled the game and put the game away. So I, I really think it's important to study the fourth quarter. And that's what I liked about Jacksonville last week. And they were able to get control of the game eventually. Everybody expects games to be blowouts. Well, they're always going to come down to the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The, that final, by the way, week one for the Jags, 31-21. Trevor Lawrence had 241 yards, two touchdowns, did have a pick, but a, a great day for him overall and that offense behind Travis Etienne and Calvin Ridley. First time we've got to see him back on the football field and was dynamic with an over 100 yard day. Now, interesting. You have them five because they are going head to head with your number four team this week in a three point spread game. The Kansas city chiefs coming in at three, they're a three point favorite. Like I mentioned here in Jacksonville, total 51, but what put them four for you? Well, I mean, you know, when I put this together, I knew Chris Jones was going to be back. How much can he affect the game? I think he will a lot, especially with Brandon Sheriff. If he doesn't play the right guard for Jacksonville, and I haven't heard Peterson say one way or the other, he kind of made it sound like it wasn't going to happen. But, you know, that's going to be a hard that's going to be a hard injury for Jacksonville, which I think is limited, limited inside, too, as well to overcome in the game. So it's something to really keep our eye on. Because if, if he's playing and he's in shape, which I think he is, I think that's really going to make a difference. Because between him lining up on Ben Barch or on Sheriff, it, he's going to win those matchups. So now why I have them fourth last week, they were one. But I'm anxious to see without Kelsey, they be, they're beatable. Mm-hmm. They still have Mahomes. But without Kelsey, they don't have an explosive offense. You know, when you watch their tape, Everybody keeps waiting for Hilaire to come around. And when you study him, he doesn't have great – he doesn't see anything. He runs into the back of Lyman more than any running back I've ever seen. They need more Pacheco out of that. So – and then who's going to take a step up? Is Tony going to be healthy for the whole game? Can he make plays? What about Watson? There's a lot of questions about the Chiefs. And I think to me, I still like them because I don't want to ding them mm-hmm. for how poorly they played. They did hold – a very good Detroit team to 14 points. So uh, I, I just ranked them fourth. I think they're they're to be determined, really. And they still have Patrick Mahomes out there on the field and a head coach and Andy Reid. So it's certainly hard to doubt them for a prolonged period of time. Okay, so Jacksonville, Kansas City, for all the talk in the AFC, your top three teams all come from the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles checking in at three. Yeah, I mean, look, Philly, was, Philly wasn't dominant on defense. I think if Mac Jones was honest with himself, there's a lot of throws he missed on that tape. You know, had guys open, he missed them. You know, the first interception, I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish there for the pick six. But there were throws. He made some good throws. The touchdown passes to Bourne were great. But the Eagles secondary, I mean, if you watch the tape, Boutte, the receiver for 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 uh, New England, ran past Bradbury. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he gave him some trouble. In fact, if he gets his second foot down on the sideline, that game, they, they might win it. That's on the, you know, that's on the Patriots. They didn't make the plays. I'm worried about Philly's defense because the Patriots, for all the conversation, the, the mainstream media is talking about how great they played. You never heard the word Hassan Riddick the whole day. You never heard the name Josh Sweat the whole day. Cox made some plays in there, and so did so did uh, uh, Jalen Carter. But that New England team was really good up front against them. I would say really good. They were good enough. And Philly's going to have to get better on defense. And now they have Blankenship hurt. Mm-hmm. And that, I think and Dean goes out. They're, they signed Rashard Evans, the kid who was in Atlanta last year, played all the games in Atlanta. What wanted $4 million, didn't get it. Now he's on the practice squad for Philadelphia. Uh, was at one time starter in Tennessee. They're going to need to bring him up. Now, it's a short week to bring him up. Can he make the calls? No, he doesn't even know the defense. Philly's vulnerable. The other thing that was vulnerable about Philly in the game, and I think Philly's still a good team, they're off, and, they, and this could be because they haven't played a lot this summer. Their offensive line wasn't as sharp as they typically are. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to see the Eagles first up in week two Thursday night football tomorrow as a six and a half, seven point favorite hosting the Vikings. We can throw the top two teams up on Michael Lombardi's list because, Michael, you have number one, the Dallas Cowboys and number two, the San Francisco 49ers. What was your deciding factor of who was one, who was two, both teams with dominant opening week wins? Yeah, I mean. It really was. And both teams, it's a little bit like, are we sure they are? I think San Francisco played a better team, but Pittsburgh didn't look like the better team that day, right? I would have said San Francisco-Dallas, but Dallas was dominant from the from the beginning of the game, and so was San Francisco. Mm-hmm. One thing I like about San Francisco is they played, they went back into a very tough environment and played well. You know, Dallas has gone into New York. They've been dominating this series for a long time. Right. Pittsburgh's not an easy team to open up with. And San Francisco, which had struggled in opening games. I mean, we saw them lose in Chicago last year. We saw them almost give away a big lead in Detroit the year before. They played really well. Kyle had that team ready. And you could see the confidence the team has. I, I don't want with, to – without having to constantly talk about Trey Lance as an organization, I think there's a big cloud lifted off, off San Francisco. And you, they played like – with reckless abandon, both teams to me, you could flip them if you want. I think those mm-hmm. are my top five this week. I think, but again, I know I'm biased. I probably would have put San Francisco ahead simply for a lot of the reasons you just referenced going into what's a tough hostile environment against a Pittsburgh team that people actually did think was going to perform pretty well in that spot. And they just got dominated throughout. And in the Dallas Giants game, I felt like for as good as Dallas was, and they were really, really good, showed like a statement win for sure. They have largely dominated that series, which is to be expected, as you referenced. And also just the Giants, like shooting themselves in the foot time and time again early in that game that really put things away. And they were just behind the eight ball and never really had an opportunity to get back into it. The 49ers, by the way, are also the favorite in the Super Bowl odds right now, supplanting the Kansas City Chiefs plus 650 for them. Chiefs and Eagles at seven to one and the Dallas Cowboys nine to one. We're going to step aside here real quickly, Michael, from our top five to your bottom five teams in the NFL when we return on the Lombardi line. Make this football season your best ever by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand, betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up for a VEASAN annual subscription. You'll also get a free copy of Michael Lombardi's new book, Football Done Right. You just need to use the promo code Lombardi when you sign up. You can also get an autographed copy by Michael if you Email us at subscribe at vcin.com. This is a limited time offer, though. So sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. In the book, Michael, of course, is listing some of the greatest players and coaches to have ever played the game. Today, he's doing Lombardi's list on who are the best and worst teams in the NFL after week one. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing myself talk to me. I've been doing a bunch of promotional stuff, which I appreciate everybody booking me on these things. And uh, it's funny, whenever I do a show, you know, I do one in Philly. I did WIP today. You don't have enough Eagles on the list. And then I did one in Atlanta. You don't have any Falcons on the list. Why <laughs> Dion on the list? You know, I had a guy tell me today, well, you don't have any, you don't have any uh, Eagles on the list. I said, well, I have Reggie White. You know, he's on the list. Well, you know, well, you, you know, on. what you learn and when you make lists is you can't make everybody happy. There's really no pleasing everybody, but that's okay. It's a conversation piece yeah. and it, it spurs a lot of, of talk. And I've gotten to, to talk to a lot of people, which has been really kind of fun to do and, and, um, uh, and and listen to the people talk about the book, which is great. Exactly. It's a it's a conversation starter, which is awesome. Yeah. And when we look at your list today here on the Lombardi line, Lombardi's list. The bottom list? Yep. It's the time, bottom ones? It's time for the bottom of the barrel. I'm not sure yeah, that you're going to get. M- Millie could pick the bottom of the bottom. <laughs> I, I should ask her this that's, list, you know. That's what I was going to say. I'm not sure you're going to get much pushback here on your bottom five. <laughs> yeah. uh, so why don't we'll start? We'll go from 28 to 32. We'll do the grand reveal of who the worst team in the NFL is because uh, uh, yeah. it's, it's, you know, so unfair. nobody it's knows. One. It's so unfair <laughs> to be the worst team in the league. But look, I, I, I've been, you know, I, you know what I love? I love when people say, I didn't think the Bears were going to be, I thought the Bears were going to be good on defense. Like, no, I thought they weren't going to be very good on defense. Like, tell me what they did to improve their defense. I know Ryan Poles is, is young on the job, but I think. What 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 I I was did Chicago radio yesterday and they were asking me about this and I, and I think sometimes we get so caught up in improving these skill players 
you know, trade a second for Clay Chapel that ends up being a high second round pick when your offensive and defensive lines can't dominate. I mean, they just can't dominate. And I think that's the big issue. And what you have to understand about Matt Eberflus's defense is it's not scheme related. He comes from the Rod Marinelli, Tony Dungy tree, which is get really good players, play fast and make them not have to think. Great concept. It's won a Super Bowl in Tampa. However, if you don't have a great front, it's hard to. It's really hard to do those things. And you can play well for a quarter or two, like D'Amico Ryans did last week against the – but eventually, because you're not a big physical team, you wear down. And to me, the Bears' problems without getting into – did you see yesterday – can we just stop for a second? I'm going to talk about this on my podcast tomorrow. But I that pro football focus and the, their infinite wisdom – and let me say this. I subscribe to pro football focus – because I get their stats. I want to. I am of the of the ilk that I want to know what other people are saying that disagree with me. So and I have there no are problem. Some, there are that. some metrics that are of value too, right? It's not always the list. Them. Yes. I want to see them. Okay. So that being said, however, I was told by them that the game in Green Bay against Green Bay that Justin Fields had a better quarterback rating according to Pro Football Focus than Jordan Love. Now, it was very slight, but they were on the same similar path. Now, how can anybody take that seriously? Did you watch the yeah. game? Yeah. That's I mean, bad. how can you take that seriously? This didn't want to be a Justin Fields conversation because he takes the heat for it, but they're not a great team, the Bears. I mean, I know I have them 27th, but they're not at 28th. They're not a great team, and they're, they're a couple drafts away from being it, and that's assuming that – I'm wrong on fields and everybody else is right. He was probably the one quarterback outside of Aaron Rodgers to be hyped up the most this off season. And so, yeah, to see the opening week performance wasn't great, but I like the way that you started this conversation was that while Justin Fields is not an MVP, he's also not the only problem that the Chicago Bears have. This is still a three-win team from a season ago, and they are very flawed in a lot of areas. That's why they're ranked 28th here on your list. Let's go to 29 in the Indianapolis Colts for you. I think the Colts, where I have a problem, and I've said this also, is I don't think they're good enough on defense. You know, I, I, when they had to get a stop, when they needed to make a stop, they couldn't. And they couldn't win the game over on defense. And so they're going to struggle offensively. And look, let's face it, they don't have enough playmakers on offense. It's really not fair. But they don't do enough defensively to help either. And what happened in the fourth quarter, you measure your team. Again, you measure your team in the fourth quarter. What can you do? You know, when the other team knows you have to throw it, can you throw it? When the other team knows you have to run it, can you run it? And vice versa. And I just think the Colts are not good enough to carry an offense that lacks weapons. And there is a theme here with these bottom four teams because three of the four do have rookie quarterbacks on the yeah. roster. Um, so let's go to 30 where you have the Carolina Panthers and 31, the Houston Texans. You know, look, I, I actually think Houston plays hard and their defensive front is is energetic and they're enthusiastic and they try. What people don't understand about Houston is – Houston is going to be this year of all the teams in the National Football League when you go through them all of of spending money, okay? Of all the teams that have spent money this year in the NFL, the three highest paid teams spending money in the NFL are Cleveland, the Jets, and Houston. Think about that. Like we're talking about Houston as if they're a young team. They spent they're the third cash over cap. What does that mean? That means you're spending more than the cap. Now, eventually it catches up to you because like the Rams, when you spend cash over cap, eventually you, you don't have any cap room the next year. So the Jets did that this year because they felt like they had to with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to go pay all this money for them. They paid $65 million essentially for a first round value and four players to get them all in there. Lassard, you know, all those guys. So the, the Texans are in the same boat. I mean, it's one of the biggest misconceptions is they spent a lot of money for this team, which even though they're playing a rookie quarterback, they're not very good. Right. And their offensive line, unfortunately, where they put a lot of their money is all hurt, except for uh, Tunzel. 
they have uh, certainly a lot to figure out moving forward. But I think a positive thing is that you bring in D'Amico Ryans, you give him the contract that gives him an opportunity to try to develop and grow um, what they do have there on that roster right there. I did want to say one quick funny thing about the Carolina Panthers, because I know you guys in the past have had Annie Agar on your program and she does those, you know, those Zoom calls or NFL meetings, yeah. whatever. She did one after week one. And there was that quote that made the rounds with Jamar Chase saying, oh, we're, I don't want to lose the, we're not going to lose to no elves and still made the elf comment afterwards. And in the meeting, she goes, where'd that elf thing even come from anyways? Oh, well, they have an elf literally in the middle of their field. And then someone goes, yeah, well, so do the Carolina Panthers. And it was so bad. And it made me laugh. Like y'all can't be calling Bryce Young an elf. Oh, yeah. it got me. That gave me a chuckle. That's hard. It's she's me. tough now. I mean, she she, you know, people say, I, I, I mean, she's tough. I mean, what I saw her post something about, you know, I, I mean, she's tough. She's got yeah, some she's good one-liners. Those are funny, though. Yeah. She is funny with that. I don't know how she does that and change the costumes all the time, Stormy. Yeah, she's very creative. She's definitely got a few of those zingers. Um, and, and I don't mind that I put off who your number 32 worst team in the NFL is for another 30 seconds because I want to talk as little about the Arizona Cardinals as we can, but that is your bottom team in the league right now. Yeah, but they play hard, though. Look, they play hard. That's true. And they will play hard, you know, and they're going to keep playing hard. And they, But they can't throw the ball. That's going to be the biggest issue. They're not going to be able to throw the football. That's why they're a bad matchup for the Giants because the Giants will be able to exploit their passing game because they really don't have one yet. With Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown, it's slim pickings. And Michael, the more you talk about that coaching matchup, the more you're making me lean toward the Giants and Survivor, which is something I don't know if I want to do. I don't know if I can trust Daniel Jones and put my fate in his hands this early in but the season on the road. At some point, you're going to have to trust Daniel Jones. At some point, you're going to have to use him. Oh. At some point, you're going to have to use I mean, that that's the reality. At some point, you're going to have to use the Giants. When do you want to do that? Ugh, but Ask yourself that question. When do you want to do that? Michael, it's just... I faded the Cardinals I, last week with the Commanders, and it was the sweat of all sweats, and I can't look, believe. this isn't easy. You know, it's not easy. Winning, it's not easy. This contest is not easy. It's not. It's the hardest thing we'll ever do. Which is super frustrating because people out there that aren't like. It's easy. Yeah, people that aren't of the betting mindset in it like we are, they're just like, you only have to pick one game a week. What Without are you talking spread, about? I mean, how can you mess that up? Just okay, you try. You winner. see how it works. Yeah. <laughs> not that easy ladies and gentlemen we'll reflect on that a little bit more when we come back on the Lombardi line as well as why not Wednesday which of these underdogs this week make you want to say eh, why not if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games upon us. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, where new customers can bet $5 right now on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code VEGAS to sign up and you'll get $5 where you take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's all you got to do. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code Vegas. The crown is yours. To follow up on what we were just speaking about in the last segment as it pertains to Survivor, you're making me feel all the feelings about potentially taking a shot on yeah. the New York football giants. I think it's... Well, let's have a conversation. Okay. Do we, uh, you know, uh, uh, Caesar, do we have the Giants schedule? Can we put that up? I mean, let's look like when would you take them? When else would you take them? You taking them against Washington? You can't take them against Washington. You can't take them against Philly. You're not taking them against them. I mean, if they play Houston, I could see you taking them there, but I don't think they do. That's why I, I wanted know. to see their schedule. Miami, like, when would you take Buffalo, them? even when they take face the Raiders, it's on the road. I mean, the, Ra- the trust me, I yeah. wouldn't take them against the Raiders. Don't be, the Raiders are going to beat The Raiders would beat them. All of their supposedly easy games would be on the road, which you wouldn't. What's their easy and it, and game? I wouldn't, and Point I wouldn't even say, e- quote, unquote, easy. Just the lesser competition. Like, I would say I would value their chances against the Raiders more than I would against Miami. Yeah, to C- Caesar just in our ear right there. Maybe the Jets. They get the Jets at home at the end of October. Um, that that would be one, right? Caesar's right. I mean, we'll see where the Jets are. The Jets might be on their third string quarterback by then, right? Yeah, that's. True. I mean, they they might Green be playing Tim December. Boyle at that point, and then then it's an easy. Then that's easy. So yeah, maybe hold off to them to see what happens with the Jets. But you know, that would be the only time you would play them. You're not playing them in any other game unless there's some other injury that comes up. You're not playing them on Christmas Day. But, Michael, this also comes back to another topic that we were discussing earlier on with the Dallas Cowboys and how, okay, yeah, they're a big favorite this week uh, in that spot against the Jets, but they also are going to be playing on Christmas down the line. So are we looking at schedules this far in advance, and could we use them later, or do we just need to use them now? So there's there's a lot of different things that come into this, which I think is great for our pro tip today for anybody who is watching or listening and is interested or has a survivor pool – you can't get too ahead of yourself sometimes. We we say this all the time. The name of the game is survive in advance. Don't get caught looking too far ahead, especially like I think that Dallas Cowboys one is a perfect example um, because you look at the those three games that are coming up on Christmas, I mean, on Thanksgiving rather, and you're like, oh, but I'm going to want to take them against the commanders. That seems like the obvious choice there. I'm going to need them in November. It's still September, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We don't know what we're going to do yet here. So I, yeah. I, I think I mean, the look, Giants are a, good, are a good thought process. That's one I'm thinking well, about. Well, I think you have to, I mean, I, I think it's a consideration, right? Yeah. I think that they have to throw them in the hat, along with Buffalo. You want to go with the home team. I think that's pretty clear. But like we talked about on on last week, you know, th- we have this notion to go with the home team. We knew eight teams were going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, home teams were 38-39-1 against the spread on opening weekend. So we know that's a concern. The thing I think it's interesting, too, is is we don't manifest this into all the people that talk about in Survivor. They talk about, well, I'm saving that team. Four plays into the Jets season, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Yeah. What are we saving it for? If yep. you know a team's going to win, you got to go with it. Yep. You got to go with it. I mean, give Femi credit. and I mean, he, he thought Atlanta was going to win. He stood on the edge of that cliff. 
you know, and, and he won. And now he does. He's never going to use Atlanta again. That's a great call. Yeah. But and I, I think th- you, got, you have to do that. I think there's something to the gut aspect of this, too, because we can put so much research and time and effort into planning out our season and doing all these different things. And then your gut tells you one thing and you're like, no, I'm just going to go ahead and do this instead. And then that ends up being your loser. So all things to take into account. VEASAN Pro Tips available at VEASAN.com. Searchable by sport and by show. If you want tips specifically from Mr. Michael Lombardi, just search the Lombardi line. That's how you do it. We're going to wrap up this last six minutes or so with a little why not Wednesday, Michael. I'm going to throw some underdogs this week in the NFL and college football your way and see if the number makes you turn your head and want to say, why not? We're going to start with Thursday night football. The Vikings taking on the Eagles. We know some of the the Eagles injury issues on defense. It's been one-way traffic with the spread to the Minnesota Vikings. As high as eight and a half. Now they are a six-point underdog in this game with Philly. But it, remember, it is in prime time. And it's prime time cousins here. But does it make you want to say, why not? When you see that plus 215 staring at you with all the Eagles injuries. Yeah, it does. and But I think... I think the way I've rationalized the Eagles as we sit here on Wednesday, and I don't really ever talk about the thir- – I mean, I talk about the Thursday games. I don't really give out Thursday games when I make picks is because, I, you know, I, I get the – it's too early in the week and these injuries really affect it. But I, I kind of in my mind when I was watching the tape, I got the sense that Philly last year when they went into Detroit, they struggled to beat Detroit, who wasn't a good team at that time. And they won. Their offense was much better than it was against New England. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm really chalking it up to they just didn't play enough in the preseason. And that game kind of was against a physical opponent, a big physical defensive front. I think that was a problem, and I, and, I, and I think they'll get better. And with Minnesota losing two starting offensive linemen playing on the road, that makes me lean, as this Lions go into Philly, it makes me lean to take Philly because I think it, it favors Philly because Philly's going to put pressure on Cousins. Now, they're going to have a hard time covering Justin Jefferson. They're going to have a hard time covering Addison and Hawkinson. But, you know, again, you've got to be able to handle that. So you're going to have a hard time convincing me to take Minnesota. I know Flores will try to do what Belichick did in the game plan to try to rush him the right way, but I don't know if he has enough horses to do that. How about the Los Angeles Rams? Now, the history is well-documented. Kyle Shanahan against Sean McVay. It has been very one-sided, largely toward the 49ers. But the Rams looked pretty good themselves this opening week against the Seattle Seahawks when they weren't given a whole lot of shot. Another division matchup this week. They're a seven-and-a-half-point dog, plus 275 money line. Could Sean McVay's squad do it, maybe, with the 49ers riding a little too high off that opening week win? I think, I think the greatest thing that ever happened to Kyle Shanahan last weekend besides beating the Steelers where the Rams playing really good. I think that was the best thing that could have ever happened for him because now he walks in the team meeting this morning and says, fellas, you know, we, we think the Rams are tanking. We think they're no good. Watch the tape. Look what they did to Seattle. Look what they did to a team that we struggled to beat in the playoff game. Look at the team that we've had to play really hard to beat them. Look what they did. They went up there and they dominated them. So he's got all their attention. Now, last time they played, we know this, the game's going to be a home game for them. I mean, they went there last year in week eight. It was 31 to 14. They put 368 yards up on the board and they held them down to 223. So, and that was coming off a loss to Kansas City. Remember, they got beat by Kansas City badly and they came back. They gave up 500 yards to Kansas City in that game. They came back and and won it. So I, I think this is one of those where the lines, you can't convince me to take the Rams but you can't convince me to take the Niners either. Yeah, if I had to pick a side, I would take the I would lay the points with San Francisco in this spot, but not a line that I have a lot of interest in as far as winning and losing the game. I wouldn't want to bet against San Francisco in this spot. So that's no. not a why not for me. It's a no thank you. How about in college <laughs> football this week? We got the Florida Gators taking yeah. on the Tennessee Vols out there in the swamp. It's a six and a half point spread. Tennessee favored in Gainesville. But the Vols have not won in the swamp their past nine tries. Does Florida make you want to say why not? Two to one. No, I don't. I, I don't. Want, I'm not a big. I'm not. I'm, I think Florida is not quite there yet. And it's hard to I bet on Tennessee, Billy Napier. I think Tennessee's pretty good on defense. I think Tennessee gets all this talk about their offense, but I think Tennessee's pretty good on defense. And I, you'd have a hard time convincing me now. 
the betting public on this game, that Florida's not getting a lot of tickets. They're getting a lot of action, though. They, mm-hmm. they control the money in this game, believe it or not. I know that's hard to believe, but they control the money in this one. They have more money on them than anybody. If you could get a seven, I actually like Florida and taking the points with them in this spot. I'm not sure that they could get the upset. So it does make me crick my head a little. I just couldn't get there from a money line standpoint. But I think at home, a place where they've had so much success against Tennessee, a Tennessee team that, granted, look-ahead spot last week against Austin P, but they were 45-point favorite in that game, and they only won 30-13. to 13. Um, Yeah, they lit up Virginia, but we know that they're really, really bad this year too. Yeah, Virginia's bad. And Florida, I know they looked – awful and when it came to the penalties and the mistakes week one but I think that was kind of like a Murphy's Law game against Utah in a lot of ways and their defense wasn't that bad like the bulk of the the 220 or so yards that they gave up on defense came on that first 70 yard touchdown pass of the game from Utah so I think that they're better than they looked it's hard to back Billy Napier it's hard to back Graham Mertz I know but I saw them last week up close and personal and I think that they're maybe a little bit better than people are giving him credit for. All right, Michael, that's a wrap for us today. I'll see you tomorrow, yeah? Thank you, Stormy. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Can't wait. Thursday night football ahead tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you back here same time, same place. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.